Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Usually each episode, each of the three of us brings a fic to discuss, um, but today we are coming back to a beloved series, our fandom classic series, in which we discuss one fic that for whatever reason is considered a classic for its impact in fandom or on fandom spaces or on its readers, truly. And I think that the fic we brought today really qualifies in every aspect. So Brenna, will you tell our listeners, if they haven't figured it out already, (laughs) uh, what we are talking about today? Absolutely. Uh, Today we are discussing the Harry Potter fanfiction My Immortal, originally posted by fanfiction user XXXBloodyWrists666XXX around 2006. Um, The author also went by like the pseudonym Tara Gillespie on uh, the internet as well, so we might kind of refer to her by that name as well, because it is kind of part of some of our conversations we're going to be having. Um, We did originally kind of discuss talking about My Immortal as a joke, (laughs) which is why it's our April Fool's episode, but this fic also is certifiably a fandom classic. The impact that this has had both on, like, fandom and also just the discussion of fanfiction as a whole, I think, is huge. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, Reading it was quite the experience. I'd never Uh read the whole thing before. (laughs) So I think we have a lot to say, actually. Yeah. Also, um, if we sound a little bit different than normal, this is the first time since, like, February 2020, I think, that all three of us are recording in the same place again. What? Um, so the energy for this episode (laughs) makes me a little afraid. Why? Oh, you know, just my immortal being what it is, and the energy that the three of us bring when we're in the same space are both potent on their own, and so together, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Maybe our best episode yet. Maybe. Good luck editing, Reed. I <laughs> fear for how much we're going to talk and laugh over each other. Well, I'm only going to speak in silence. Hey, everyone. This is a podcast with Brenna and Reed and nobody else. <laughs> okay, that's, mm, I phrased it poorly. I will only speak when there is silence that I may interrupt uh, myself. Okay. Our assumption, if you're listening to this, is that you probably are at least a little bit familiar with what My Immortal is, but just in case you're not... Um, as Brenna said, it's a pretty infamous Harry Potter fic that was posted originally on FF.net, um, featuring Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway, Mm -hmm. who is an original character, but also, I would say, at least a a little bit of a self-insert, just a little bit, given that sometimes her name also changes to be Tara, which, as we've discussed, is the author. But not a Mary Sue. No. That's really important. Not a Mary Sue. Um, Ebony attends Hogwarts, um, and immediately falls into a very intense relationship with Draco. Um, Sort of like really the main characters from the Harry Potter series all show up, but then get new names. Um, So we have Harry, who becomes vampire. Um, Oh, I guess I should say Ebony is a vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, She's very gothic, or gothic, as it is often written. Um, I don't know how to explain what my immortal is like if you haven't read of it. Oh, Bretta, please. I, yes, I'd be happy to jump in, Reed. Yeah. Um, so 
I think something that you need to know if you haven't experienced My Immortal before is that the central debate about it is whether it is just a bad fic, is it a troll fic, is it a joke, is it satire? People don't know what to make of this, and this is because it is poorly written. Whether that was intentional or not is the center of debate about it. Um, Many facts are wrong. Many characters' names are wrong, um, both incorrect spellings and also just new names. Um, yes, our main character, Ebony, uh, likes to shop at Hot Topic. She is a goth. She hates the preps and the posers. Those mm-hmm. are our three main groups of people <laughs> here. Yeah, and it's not just the students. Like, the professors also fall under yeah. prep, poser, or goth. Absolutely. Forget ABO. That's the new designation category. Jesus. I think maybe to give you a sense of this, if you haven't read My Immortal, I'm going to read you just the first couple lines, and then we'll get into a little bit more of how the fic progresses from mm-hmm. this. Um, but it starts, and I'm, I'm not going to read you the first um, author's note. We'll get into the author's notes in a little bit. They mm-hmm. are really crucial to how this fic exists. Um, but this is the beginning of, of the actual... Well, the author's notes are also part of the actual fic. I don't know. Right, the anyway, text of the story. The text of the story. Thank you, Nick. <clears throat> it goes, Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway, and I have long black ebony black hair. That's how I got my name, with purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <That> Sorry. <laughs> I kind of forgot about the limpid in there. <laughs> And I see blue eyes like limpid tears, and a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. Author's note, if you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was, because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch, and I go to a magic school called Ho- and I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, where I'm in seventh year. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah, so we get a good introduction to Ebony. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the introducing herself at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> That's how all great stories begin. Um, yeah, so this this part of the text that Brenna read is some of the more parsable text in the story. The story mm-hmm. starts out significantly more readable. And we'll talk about the deterioration of the kind of grammar and spelling as we move forward. Um, but this is pretty representative of the first third to first half of the story as it exists online right now. The story follows Ebony through her seventh year as she gets involved in a very confusing love triangle, sort of, with Harry and Draco. I was going to say aka vampire. Harry's the one that's aka vampire. Yeah. Did I have to say it again? No. Ficklets, you understood. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I looked at Reed if you were wondering because Reed is the one who has to edit this. (laughs) Anyway, she she does that. Um, she does come into contact with Voldemort. Um, there are professors involved. There is quite a lot of making out and sexual intercourse happening on school grounds. The professors are not thrilled about this. Um, so yeah, the general gist of it follows her through her seventh year, and things get pretty wild. There are a lot of interesting plot turns, and she falls asleep at the end of chapters very quickly after things that you think you probably wouldn't fall asleep that quickly after, but she does. And she wakes up in the coffin that she sleeps in. So I think I covered probably the most important and salient points of my immortal mm-hmm. with that summary. Yeah. Um, oh, and she always describes her clothing in extreme detail. And frequently when she like gets home to sleep or to like rest, puts on a floor length, backless black lace dress. Mm-hmm. Also important. Yes, Nick, thank you for that amazing summary. Um, I think all that being said, I do just want to mention content warnings really quick. This is kind of a tricky fic to discuss 
content warnings for. Um, because like I said at the beginning, there is sort of this ongoing debate online that's been around since this fic like came to be about, is it in earnest? Is it satire? Is it a joke? Is it a troll fic? But regardless of what your stance on My Immortal is, it does not read very seriously. However, that being said, there are a lot of things in it that would constitute content warnings if you were discussing any other fic. I think the biggest one is self-harm. That comes up in mm -hmm. basically every chapter. Uh, but there are a lot of other things that I get smaller mentions that would be like major archive warnings. So I just wanted to put that out there in case you are interested in reading it and don't really know like what exists in it at all. Um, I will also say it's very much a product of its time and some of the insults and language that are used in it are definitely not appropriate. Um, so it can be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, some of the word choices uh, that are used, and there's some strange appropriation of like Japanese language and culture as well. So just kind of a, a shout out to those things. We're not really gonna be discussing them in depth throughout like our conversation about this, but just in case that you are interested in reading My Immortal as a whole thing <laughs> after listening to this episode, those are just some things to maybe know if you aren't familiar with the text of it already. I do think on the topic of reading it as a whole fic, that first bit that you read, yeah. Bren, I feel like is so, so iconic mm -hmm. and famous. Like I almost word for word could have said it with you. Um, and the first even like couple chapters, I was like, yeah, 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 I've read this, I know this. I have never read more than like, I don't know, three or four chapters of My Immortal. And it was an experience. Um, Nick and I went to a coffee shop together and read the first half, half. two thirds-ish together. And like, at the beginning, I was having a lot of fun. Like we were laughing, like we were, we were reading it at the same time. And so we were kind of calling out lines to each other and being like, oh, if we were writing a joke fic with each other, we could see some of this like similar styles of writing. And then, I was having some trouble following the plot because boy, there are so many plot twists. And as um, I think one of you mentioned, the writing mm -hmm. deteriorates a little bit or a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, in terms of being comprehensible. Um, but it really, it was really an interesting experience to make a concentrated effort to read this from start to finish. Yeah, I think it was all of our first times reading it, which was interesting. I had never read more than the first paragraph or two. So really getting into it was fascinating. I think I'd read similarly to read maybe the first three or four chapters at one point, but nothing more than that. Um, so especially once you got deep into it, like I think chapter 16-ish was a turning point for me. Um, yeah, it gets pretty, I mean, I don't even want to say it gets pretty whack. It's whack from the beginning, yeah. but just like... <laughs> bloodless. <laughs> it gets bloodless well, for sure. <laughs> There's so there's so much blood in it's this. It's not fic. about that's, the presence of yeah, blood. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. As yeah. previously discussed here on Fit Click, as <laughs> discussed at length. Yeah, yeah. So we did mention the author's notes very briefly. There is kind of a meta narrative happening here. So the author's notes. There are author's notes at the top of every single chapter and at the bottom of most chapters as well. Um, and there are a lot of very short chapters in this story. Throughout the first half of the story, the author. Tara, we assume, or Tara, continuously thanks her beta Raven for looking over the story, for making corrections or suggesting story ideas. Um, and later on, Tara and Raven get into a bit of a feud. So there are hints to the feud of like, oh, like, I'll promise I'll give you your poster back. And then it gets into petty insults. 
uh, towards Raven and Raven's character Willow is what killed off. There's expelled and then brought expelled back. Expelled and brought back. No, she does get murdered at one point. I oh. thought she did. Yeah. There's a lot of okay. A lot of things that happen in this story happen and then like maybe they didn't happen. <laughs> so if we say multiple versions of the same event, they might all be true. Just FYI. Um, but yeah, once Raven is gone, the quality of the writing, ostensibly because she no longer has a beta, is extremely low, uh, in the sense that it's it's hard to get through and, like, parse what the individual words are. The spellings are very difficult to understand, uh, the names of characters are incorrect or spelled differently in different sentences, and Raven does eventually come back, but we don't necessarily see an increase back to the level that we were at the beginning in terms of quality of... Uh, quality of writing? Is that even the... Readability yeah. of the writing. So I just wanted to mention that because there are kind of multiple stories here happening at the same time. Yeah, and I think that brings us to one of the kind of central questions of my immortal, which is, who was Tara? Or Tara, perhaps. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, and why did she write this piece of fan fiction? This has been debated since this started posting. Um, and I think a lot of people have very different views on it. There have been multiple individuals who have come forward saying that they were Tara, that they did write My Immortal, there are online confessions, um, but I don't think any of those have really stuck necessarily. Um, so I think that really still leaves the door open to this question of like, who wrote this and why did they write it? With what intention did they write it? I think all three of us are pretty much on the same page about what our theory is or how we view it. Um, which is that we think, <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I'm like BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, In 2006, two girls sat down to write a fan fiction together. <laughs> yeah, but actually, BuzzFeed Unsolved, My Immortal would be incredible. <laughs> I know they finished it, but yeah. Shade and Ryan get on that anyway. <laughs> a true crime? <laughs> No, it's just unsolved. It's, just, it's unsolved. Oh, okay, okay. And it's the mystery of who wrote My Immortal remains okay. unsolved. Why am I doing... I've watched the least BFU out of the three of us. Yeah, Why am I doing the impression? That's a pretty good impression, though. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, obviously we aren't here with some amazing revelation about who the identity of Tara well, actually was. No, I it do... wasn't you. Just <laughs> <laughs> cutting that one off before they can get half a joke out. We gotta move on. Okay, never mind. Go ahead, Brenna. This could have been a big moment for FitClick. I know, but I know it's not Nick. (laughs) How? Because I know your fandom history pretty well. And also, like, you were very little. Yeah, I was was nine. (laughs) Okay, but the idea of, like, a nine-year-old prodigy Nicole writing My Immortals actually may be the best thing ever. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I do actually really love that, but I'm sorry it's (laughs) not true. Um, anyway, while we don't know the actual identity of this person, we very much are of the mind that it was probably two friends, um, probably not actually named Tara and Raven, but two friends who created these personas to write this fic. And we kind of view it as an earnest attempt at a joke. Um, I know a lot of people originally kind of threw around this term like troll fic for it. I feel like that term is so not used in fandom anymore that I find it hard to even navigate in terms of this fic or not. Um, So I think, and like satire is kind of a hard one too. I don't know that it's fully intended to be satire. I think it's intended to be a joke. Um, And but. I think there's, as we'll get into, there's just too many things that 
are mistakes, essentially. There's too many narrative choices, the way the author's notes work, the meta of it all, the way that it almost feels like the choices are intentionally made to piss people off. <laughs> it has to be intentional. I do not think that this was like just someone's earnest attempt at good fic that is bad. Um, and I also don't think it's like a f necessarily a fully grown adult's attempt at satire. It could be, but I think it's much more likely that it was two teenage girls, maybe more like 16-ish than like the 12 to 13 that I feel like I see a lot of people throw out online. I think some of the references and some of the like linguistic choices mm -hmm. make me think that they're slightly older, but I don't think it's like a 30 year old person mocking Harry Potter like fandom. That's my reading of it. That's the one that makes the most sense for me. Especially looking back on myself as like a teenager, I could totally have seen me and my friends coming up with some nonsense like this um, and then trying to commit to the bit, you know? <laughs> we still do that. I was just gonna say, you don't even have to look back to being a teenager. Like the three of us together have written, I would argue, um, with more comprehensions. So we don't go into the same deterioration of uh, like writing. Mm -hmm but have written things that are <laughs> jokes played out, like, fake in earnest, but, like, clearly a joke. Like, it, it feels like a very, like, teenage girl thing to do, to be like, I don't know, you're sitting in the back of class together, and you're, like, scribbling notes in your notebook, and you're like, ooh, like, what if we made Harry named Vampire, and Ron's name is Diablo, and, like, blah 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 <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, in seventh grade English class, me and my two friends, like, spent our time crafting an absurd Harry Potter fan fiction. It wasn't in the same direction that my immortal is, uh. but, like, I feel like that's just what, that's what kids do, you mm. know? Yeah. And then I think, I, I don't know, I really respect my immortal in a lot of ways. I, I'll get into this more later, I think, but as completely unhinged nonsense as it is, and, like, as much as also reading it now... There's definitely some parts where I was like, ugh, mm -hmm. hmm, yuck. Um, <laughs> yes. There's also a lot of things I really, like, admire about just committing to what they were doing and the way they executed it. Yeah, and speaking of that commitment, too, um, I was reading some articles about the original text of My Immortal when it was up on FF.net in 2006, 2007, as it was being written and posted. And one of them mentioned that some of the chapters toward the end as they were going up were getting upwards of 10,000 reviews apiece. That blows my mind. It is mind-boggling as someone who was kind of a big deal on FF.net uh, in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I, ju I just said, mm-hmm. That is a noise of agreement. I didn't say anything. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> um, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. Like, imagining even if this, like, regardless of who wrote this, I don't think that you could ever predict this kind of notoriety, even if it was your goal. Uh, this kind of fame, this kind of reach, this kind of intensity. I mean, it makes me wonder too if this, if the author had been intending to, at the end, be like, haha, it was me. And then seeing the sheer scale of it went, <laughs> actually, maybe no one should ever know that it's me and that would be better. Yeah, I think it'd be a very hard thing to claim, both at that time and then in any of the time mm -hmm. since, um, to put your name on that. Like, I don't know that you'd want that. I certainly no. wouldn't, I think, especially if your intention was to just kind of do this fun joke with your friend and then have it blow up to such massive proportions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because you get the sense in the story itself that the author has consumed or at least engaged with a decent amount of fan fiction for Harry Potter. <laughs> However that looks, there are a lot of kind of conventions that you see in quote unquote bad fic. Um, there are a lot of Mary Sue-isms that the author very determinedly 
chose to say were not Mary Sueisms. Um, the author got very angry <laughs> about this in many authors. Her name notes. is Enobi, not Mary Sue. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's so much here around like, is it possible to make a joke like this or to make satire like this or to write a fic like this if you don't already understand the conventions of the stories that are ostensibly being lampooned? I don't know. I just think that's really interesting. I think also going back even a little bit to what Bren was saying about, you know, like our guess, our theory is that these are two teenage girls, but it could be a number of things. That's our perspective as people who are in fandom, mm -hmm. who sort of, as you were saying, like recognize these hallmarks of fandom and fan fiction and especially like at like fic tropes of that era and whatnot. Um, but because My Immortal gained the notoriety that it did, it does kind of feel like for people who are totally outside of fandom and who don't know anything about fic, it gets like held up as like, oh, look, this is what fan fiction is. And like, <laughs> isn't it so bad and cringy and weird and blah, blah, blah. Because if you don't have that inside knowledge and like you just see this thing like blowing up on the internet, you'd be like, what the hell is this? Is this what the kids are into these days? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think like one of the reasons that a lot of people within fandom have often looked at My Immortal and said, I think this wasn't like intended to be good but was actually bad but was probably some sort of joke troll fake satire something more in that realm is because of how many of the things in it feel like purposeful choices to make people in fandom mad um and like purposefully doing things that will get it ridiculed uh which i think is really interesting because uh, yeah it also then leads to this kind of pointing to it from outside fandom is like, oh my god, is this what fan fiction is? And then people inside fandom being mad that it exists because then fan, fan fiction gets painted to look like mm -hmm. my immortal across the board. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. And honestly, I feel like all of that kind of makes me like and respect my immortal <laughs> more. Like, <laughs> yeah. if it truly was just like a good fic that ended up being bad... I would have totally different feelings about it, I think. But I feel like because I think that it, like, was intentional, I have, like, a completely different set of feelings about it. Yeah, and from 2022, I feel like it's also easy to forget how much of, like, the jokes and the language and the goth energy, like, it was a legitimate cultural moment. Uh, the author's notes, like, the initial author's notes especially, like, the first few chapters, the, the first few chapters in particular to me didn't read immediately like, this is definitely 100% a joke. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it seems actually even more like it, it was a joke from now than it would have back then. Um, aside from writing My Immortal, I wasn't really in fandom between 06 and 07. Um, so I was not there for a lot of the, like, I don't know. I didn't have a MySpace. Like, that was all just a hair before my time. Um, but I, I understood the cult. I was in middle school, you know. Um, not at that exact time, I guess. Well. No, not at that exact. I'm losing my plot here. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that there definitely was an era of like putting X's around your username and going like, RAR means I love you and dinosaur. Sorry to everyone who had to listen to me say that. <sighs> it hurt me too. Um, but I do think in part, it is a lot easier to look back at it and say, oh my God, this is so ridiculous and nothing has ever been like that. Because I've also seen people online talking about My Immortal from the fanish perspective in a very defensive, like, fanfiction is not like this. This is completely different from every other fic that has ever existed, basically. And I don't think that that's necessarily true either. Uh, but I do think, like Bren was saying, there are hallmarks of it that make it pretty clear that this person was fanishly literate um, and was making some very intentional decisions uh, that were going to, like, even just being able to say, like, this 
Ebony is not a Mary Sue. Uh, even just kind of knowing that terminology and knowing how it relates to what is probably a self-insert story here. I think that makes a difference and is giving us some evidence towards our collective theory here. I feel like one of us should be arguing. Th this is a real fic. <laughs> it's too yes. late. It's a it's a real fic. It is real, actually. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was written no, to be good. No, we're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's an interesting point, Nick. Like, you know, looking back on it now, a lot of the conventions in it that might have raised questions about whether or not it was kind of done in seriousness mm -hmm. now just aren't things in fan fiction. Like, we yeah. don't really see authors' notes in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, there are notes at the beginning of things like on AO3 and stuff, but not in the same way that they used to be on ff.net. No. They don't show up in the middle of the text saying, yeah. if you don't think Gerard Way is the hottest man ever, get out of my story. <laughs> and I certainly read things on ff.net at the beginning of my time in fandom that had copious author's notes, and they certainly weren't quite in the same style as mine at all. <laughs> but, like, you know, having being interrupted in the middle of a chapter by an author's note wasn't that mm -hmm. uncommon. So there are things like that that now seem a little bit absurd that at the time I think would have blurred this line between knowing or being able to say kind of what, what they thought my immortal was. Um, and just, I think now fic is a little bit more self-selective in some ways. Like people who are writing certain types of fan fiction gravitate towards certain fandoms and certain sites to post it on. Um, and you kind of read on those like sites with your friends, with sort of your peers. And I think back in like the earlier days of FF.net, it was just like everything on the internet was being thrown there. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't really any sort of like self-selection of like where we're putting different types of stories. So there was just a medley of things that were like very good and very <laughs> bad, all like in the same place, very hard to sort through, like, which I think also contributed to this this unknown aspect of like, does this person think this is good or not? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, and what is their definition of good that they're working from? Yeah. Because for some people, like, what I would consider to be a great story is actually really, like, boring and overly realistic and, like, doesn't have nearly mm -hmm. enough mm -hmm. OCs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you gotta get more OCs in there. That's, that's where the fun is, I guess. I don't know, I've been missing out, maybe. You say that as though you haven't written fix that are um very very blatantly coded to be like me or brenna with an oc in the background yeah can you name me willow in your next one yeah okay great yeah yeah i'm fine well some i feel like Willow's i, I haven't boring. been i haven't been named in your fix it's like the blue haired person up in the yes. stands or whatever yeah that i know to be me i was also just thinking about um when we were talking about hallmarks that stick out more to us now I was remembering with mortification the way that I used to um, text when I first got a phone. I got a phone in um, eighth grade. Yeah. And the shorthands that I would use, mm -hmm, like, we mm -hmm. talk about the writing of this fic, and, like, it definitely is pretty heightened. But, like, I don't know, spelling, like, when as, like, W-E-N or whatever instead of, like, W-H-E-N. Like, I would type with so many wretched shorthands that, like, in this fic, like, if there's little things there, like, that would not have stood out to me at all. I'd be like, yeah. That's how you type. That's how you yeah. talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like my first phone, I think was sixth grade, but it was, I was only supposed to use it for like family mm -hmm. things. And then my like first one that I could really use, I think was seventh or eighth grade. And it was a little slide phone. And we were on one of those plans where you only had like a certain amount of text messages. Yes, per month. <laughs> so you had to be really careful too with like how you were typing and like, mm -hmm. but your little thumb would get so exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, parts of it like are real. Like her author's notes 
her author's notes are more believable to me, like, Mm -hmm. in how they're, like, written. Like, yeah, you might text like that, but then when the whole fic starts to deteriorate into matching those, Mm -hmm. that's one of those things that really points to this as being a joke to me. Because of the stark difference throughout the fic of, like, the readability, like, the... At the beginning, you have this difference between the author's notes using a lot of abbreviations and a lot of kind of like quote unquote like chat speak. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not Exclamation point like one, 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 Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but like the actual like text of the story is a lot more readable and legible, even though there are like a lot of t- like grammatical errors and misspellings and just nonsense going on um but then towards the end it all devolves to read like the author's notes where it's all just kind of like there is not a single exclamation mark that doesn't have ones next to it <laughs> like every like c is just the letter c u is just the letter u like that's throughout mm-hmm. and people's names just like deteriorate even more like <laughs> got to a point where i just had to accept that i like was not really gonna know who anyone was unless it was ebony or draco or mm-hmm. like maybe vampire oh, diablo Harry. Diablo is our friend. <laughs> he didn't show up a ton, but when he did, I knew that was Ron Weasley. <laughs> oh, and Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. <laughs> Who is Hermione? Yeah. Um, well, I think that's obvious. Well, sorry, of course, of course. <laughs> well, she's in Slytherin now, so it might be confusing to some people. Oh, true, true. Yeah, well, because yeah. she's a goth. Yeah, yeah, and if you're goth, you're in Slytherin. Yeah. yeah. Although, confusingly, is Vampire or Diablo in Slytherin? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Because Vampire is like a vampire, and see, so he thinks yeah. he's pretty goth, especially because, like, Ebony is kind of into him. Yeah. yeah and his well, and Draco was, like, was into hidden him. and covered with a pentagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Diablo changed it into a pentagram. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that was the one moment in the fic where I was like, hold on, this doesn't make sense with the continuity. And then a few lines later, it was explained. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. You know, I had I had similar moments because it's established, if not in chapter one, very early on, that um, because Ebony is a vampire, the only thing that she can be killed by is a stake through the heart. Like, mm-hmm. um, and But it's always S-T-E-A-K. Yeah, well, yeah, but... It's actually not necessarily specified that it's through the heart. It's just no, like, by true. a stake. By a stake. You could posit that, like, her eating steak could kill oh. her. Oh Ooh, you're not wrong. She, I don't think... She really doesn't eat much except Count Chocula cereal and human blood. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had a similar moment where it had been established in, in the lore mm-hmm. that vampires are only harmed by stakes, and then a number of things happen, including... There's so many guns in this fic, by the way. a lot of guns. Like, More literally, like, I pull out a gun and then I waste him is, like, every other chapter in the last third. Um... But anyway, she gets, like, mortally injured by a bullet, and I was like, oh, I guess we've just forgotten. And then and then it comes back, and it's like, you can't actually be killed by bullets because you're a vampire, and I was like... Oh, and she, couldn't she not be killed because she had was back in time? Well, that too. Yeah. yeah she time travels yeah. to seduce Voldemort. Naturally. Yeah, well, if she doesn't kill Voldemort... No, if she doesn't kill Harry for Voldemort, then Voldemort will kill Draco. So she has yes. to go back and seduce young Tom Rid. Yeah, or yes. Satan. Yeah, he goes by Satan in the past. <laughs> Because that was his middle name. There's also, if we're talking about plot stuff, one of the most recurring plot points that made it a little bit hard for me to always know what was going on is there is a concert in Hogsmeade every day, sometimes multiple times a day, seemingly. Um, Mostly like Good Charlotte, um, Simple Plan, MCR, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. 
the, the most important bands. But yeah, there's yeah. there's always a concert happening. It always gets interrupted by something. Mm. Like one time it's Voldemort and the Death Dealers. One time it's Which when... would be a really good band name, I gotta <laughs> say. Voldemort okay, so <laughs> and the Death Dealers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, when she's back, back in the past and she's in a band with, I think, Lucius Malfoy, Snape... James Potter and Sirius. Mm-hmm. I, I think that sounds right. And she's the singer, um, yeah. which is when she takes a bullet because Lucius tries to shoot James. Or does James try and shoot someone? Or I does, don't know. Or does I Tom Red, a.k.a. Satan, try to... No. 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 It was definitely like James and Lucian. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, concerts every single time. And like sometimes a paragraph describing a concert appears in multiple chapters. And mm-hmm. so you're like, well, I... Th- I thought Voldemort and the Death Dealers already showed up, but I mm-hmm, guess mm-hmm. they're here again. They have done so once. Like, did the concert get rescheduled because of Voldemort and the Death Dealers? I have a theory. Oh, Ooh. please. Because at the beginning, they go to a Good Charlotte concert. And that yes. concert is like a fixed singular event that only happens once, right? <laughs> but then by the time they start going to the MCR concert, I think that that might just be like a kind of liminal point in time mm. that's stretching on forever. So they're always able to like kind of revisit it, which does mm. play into like Anobi's time travel towards the end mm-hmm. where she keeps falling back through and then yeah. ending up back at that concert. Yeah. I think maybe that's kind of like this point in her timeline of this like eternal MCR concert that's like allowing for some of the time travel weirdness. That's probably what the author meant. I think so. I feel like I'm really um, lacking in my ability to sort of contribute to this time theory because um, a pivotal, well, I think pivotal character Mm -hmm. Is Marty McFly who shows up? <laughs> That's true. So she, when she originally, time it's actually tra- kind of a crossover effect. <laughs> like, okay, so when when Ebony, Anobi, Abobi, take your pick, she goes by all of them, and sometimes Tara. Um, when she first time travels, it's via a time turner, but it also kind of functions like a pensieve. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, she well, she's given a time turner, mm-hmm. but then she falls through the pensieve, right. and then in the past, she uses a time turner to get back forward. Right. Well, she also falls through a hole in the floor. That that also happens. Yeah. But then, but so so some of the time travel does not have to do with Marty McFly, but some of it does. Yeah. And I, when I feel like I'm lacking, is that I have never seen any of the Back to the Futures, and so I'm wondering, like, are there? Have you both seen? I have seen yeah. the first one. Is how there? About, how do you think that I'm? These are words. <laughs> You want to try it again? Yeah. How could you think I hadn't seen Back to the Future? Yeah, right. right. Same I was, me. I was more surprised by Nick indicating that they had seen I Back to the Future. I am a film buff. I That's literally true. just purchased you a shirt that says, I have never seen a movie. <laughs> it's a good shirt. Yeah. But I have seen Back to the Future. Okay. Well, then Marty my McFly. question for... I gotta cut out, cross it out, right? I have seen one movie. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually the, the store that I bought it from has, I think, Back to the Future merch. So if I decide to get you another gift from wow, there. thanks. Yeah. Um... So my question then is, is there something in the canon of Back to the Future that would tie into a sort of fixed liminal point? You keep you keep coming back to the same. You look so no. confused and upset, I don't Nick. think he does. No, I he goes know. back in like the, the, what is it, the DeLorean? Yeah. Yeah. I almost said the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's a different thing. He goes back and he sees the Mandalorian. Yeah, no, they it's use, like the time they travel just, card. They have a time travel card. It has to go to a certain speed. And then once mm-hmm. you reach that speed, you can travel in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how he goes back. Does Anobi get in the DeLorean in this fic? I th- or does he just show up? No, I, I think I think she gets in it. I wish there was... Well, I don't know. Maybe there is. There's there's a lot of actually, I don't even think the DeLorean is never necessarily referenced. It's no. just like Marty McFly is there. But I think she like goes with him, which implies like the DeLorean. Yeah, there are a lot of cars in this fic. It's a shame that she didn't name the DeLorean because then we would have found out what the license plate would be, such as like 
XXX Love Satan. Yeah. Or... There's 666MCR, which is I one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think also, like, some of the other pop culture references that are pulled in here, whether kind of intentionally or, like, seemingly intentionally or, like, sometimes they're almost disguised as, like, mistakes, but they also contribute to me feeling like this was all a purposeful joke. Like, the Marty McFly thing. I think at one point there's a reference to, like, Darth Vader. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's actually Darth Vader. Oh, yes. sorry. That but... really confused me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that that one is the one that really threw you off. <laughs> and then there's a reference at one point, I feel like, like, it's supposed to be Tom Riddle, but it's written Tom Bombadil, who is, like, a minor character in Lord of the Rings, like, only from the books. And, like, I feel like it's references like that. Like, that's not just a mistake you'd make. Like, that's mm-hmm. purposeful. And I feel like it's this very, like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the reader that, like, we're, we're making a joke here, people. Like, please. Yeah. I didn't catch that reference. That's okay. I did not catch that one either. <laughs> He's, I... I feel like he that character's a little bit like a meme in like fandom spaces. Oh, okay. So that's the only reason I like it's it like to a me. minor celebrity in the pop punk scene. No, no. He's a minor celebrity in like the world of the hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. Right? Yeah, basically. Well, um, I, think, I think also just like similarly, one of the things to me that really stood out is like why I think it was intentional is like there's a lot of misspellings of words and then a lot of words used incorrectly. But there were certain words that really stood out that, like, I don't know, instead of using the word, like, practical or something, it was, like, perdition. Like, something where it was, like, the word was spelled entirely correctly. It was wrong, but it felt, like, to me, like, almost like a high school vocab word or something. <laughs> like, a, like, a quote-unquote, like, bigger or, like, more obscure word. Yeah. Even limpid in that first sentence. Yeah. Like, stuff funny. like that where it's, like, it's not just, like, misspelling as in, like, typos or chat speak or whatever, but just, like, different words used. And specifically, like, why... Like, well, I don't know, what young kid writing this would, like, have this word and throw this word in, like, Mm -hmm. accidentally? Mm -hmm. Which is also, which is, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I did one time get to meet up with uh, Ficklet Stifled Laughter, and we sat in a park and we did discuss My Immortal. I love that. Yeah. Perfect Ficklet energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and she was, like, one of the reasons, like, she was, like, I adamantly believe, like, it was written, like, on purpose to be this way. Um, And, like, one of it is, like, the typos are, like, inconsistent. Like, the things that are mistakes are not the same spelling mistakes or whatever made over and over again. And then there are these other things that, like, seem like such deliberate, like, mm-hmm. choice of wording or whatever. Yeah, and some of the chat speak seems like it would actually be, it would take more mental energy to do it. Like, I'm thinking about the letter C in place of S-E-E, but not only in, like, just the word C, but, like, seeing. C-I-N-G. Mm. That feels like it would take more energy to remember to do. I feel like when you're typing, you just type what you're used to. It's not a long word. So things like that, I think, also made me think that it took a lot of effort to make this fic look the way that it looks. Yeah, and again, Nick, what you were saying, I feel like because in the first few chapters that would have just been written out S-E-E-I-N-G, and then for it to deteriorate to the letter C-I-N-G, like... It makes me almost feel like the friend Raven's beta job towards the end was just to, like, make it work. (laughs) It almost, like, to me at points, I was like, yeah, if I was, like, writing this with friends, it would be, like, one person would be, like, getting carried away and it would start to, like, actually be real words and someone else would have to go in and, like, fix them to, like, not be right and, like, not be readable, you know? Hmm. So Raven is the true architect of My Immortal is a new theory. That is a theory. That's not necessarily the one I was putting forward, but I like it. It's my new theory. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that this the story exists, but the variations are Raven's doing. I like that. 
So towards the end of this fic, um, we get to chapter 39, and you suddenly get an author's note from someone who was like, I cracked this girl's password, um, and like, whatever, and so now for fun, like, I'm gonna tell you how I think my, my immortal should end. And it's written, like, all, like, very grammatically correct. Um, abruptly, everyone realizes that, um, Ebony is a Mary Sue. She gets sent to hell. Um, the canonical characters who, like, would have been dead at this point suddenly drop dead, um, and Harry and Voldemort start to, like, have their, like, big fight. Um, in hell... Ebony is, like, in, like, a, in, I think, like, maybe, like, a pink polo mm -hmm. and takes off the polo shirt and there's another polo sh shirt and another polo shirt and she realizes that hell is, um, just never-ending, uh, having to wear American Eagle and Hollister, yeah. etc. Well, she looks down at her leggings and sees the little moose in the corner, mm -hmm. which symbolizes that she's wearing Abercrombie. Yeah. yeah. Which is a really tough moment for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so this quote-unquote hacker writes this, whatever, this, like, short little okay, we're done with this fic now. And then at the end goes, oh, but if you're curious about, like, what the original author would have put, um, I found her document manager. So, like, here's the rest of the fic. And then posts a couple of chapters that are back to the My Immortal we all know and love. Well, I think it posts, like, one that was supposed to be the original chapter 39. Mm -hmm. And then chapter 40 is something like, oh, haha, I guess someone hacked it, yes. but here's the rest of the story. LOL, someone has taken my account over. The idiot's note. But is the idiot's note... The person that the idiot's note, I think, is the Tara talking about the hacker. And the, yeah, this is the hacker's note. I get, it gets confusing. And There's, like, two things Tara, that are maybe? reposted. Yeah. I, this is why I wish we had the original FF.net formatting, yeah. but yeah. we don't. Yeah, we're, it's lost to the sands of time. Yes. We're reading it on FF.net, but it was, like, reposted by someone who at the beginning says, like, I am not the person who wrote this, but, like, it has gotten scrubbed from the internet, so, like, I'm re-uploading it. Um... Yeah, so it's so it's a little bit unclear, but it does it does come back. How on earth does it end? It doesn't. Well, it well, gets shot. She and then comes back and then dies and then doesn't die. Yeah, and then she like casts fake Avada Kedavra, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Abracadabra. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends. She like was well, there. Oh no, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it. like Dumbledore's begging her to kill Voldemort, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone's freaking out. This is really hard to read, this part. Um, I don't know what about this is hard for you to read, Bren, <laughs> when you have such lines as, Foolish ignoramuses yielded Voldemort from his broomstick, thou shall all die, D-Y-E, soon. Okay, Voldemort <laughs> speaking in Shakespearean English, or what, how are you, like, old, old-fashioned English, is one of my favorite things about this entire story, actually. Um... Because also, like, it's not used incorrectly in a lot of cases. <laughs> and so I think that just makes it all much better. And it's never explained. He just talks like that, I guess. Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then then she does cast a spell, which yes. is abracadabra in here. Um, uh -huh. But, you know. It's and like the final showdown. Then it ends. I am mm -hmm. surprised that she decided to cast a spell and didn't, like, pull out her Glock that she has, yes, that has seriously. infinite bullets. Maybe she didn't have it at that moment. Maybe. I am not gonna lie, I did skim quite a lot in the last third. It was hard to... When I tried to put my brain to it to read, it wasn't actually more helpful. And so just sort of, like, going with the flow and skipping past things was sort of the way to get through it. Um, so I might have missed if she had yeah. her gun or didn't. I feel like there's, like, a thing kind of in actual Harry Potter 
where Harry is always kind of forgetting that he's a wizard. And then someone mm. has to be like, you can just do that with magic. I feel like that's kind of Ebony, but she's like always using her gun. <laughs> God, yeah. So it ends with, yeah, it ends with this basically big showdown where everyone's like, Ebony, you're the only one who can save us from Voldemort. Um, so she does, also, I mean, we don't know how it resolves because the last line of the fic is abracadabra i shooted and that's it maybe the i shooted is a (gasps) it is the the glock we just she was just saying that she shot the glock oh my god sorry i'm yelling (laughs) no it was good we we hacked it wow yeah it's just so yeah it's it's hard to follow at the end there um one interesting thing too about the fact that it ends the way that it does and seemingly on a cliffhanger but like was it meant to end at this point the entire time it's kind of hard to say um in the author's note for this last chapter the author says oh i'm going on vacation um should i just end it i don't know like there's a bit of wishy-washy stuff in the last few chapters and at the very end she goes if i come back and i update it more um then i will otherwise this is the end and then i guess it just never updated again mm-hmm. so that I was do- the end I do wonder what we were talking about in the beginning about um, whoever wrote this or the multiple people who wrote this, like, probably never expecting it to get to the level of notoriety. Like, did they just hit a point where they were like, we can't can't keep doing this. Like, there's only so long we can keep up this bit where they're like, whatever, we're going to end it and just... Emergency break. Yeah. I feel like these last two chapters especially are also this, like, endeavor to be like how bad can we possibly make this before we end it? Like, Mm. how unreadable, how many just, like, bizarre choices. But then there is also that kind of interesting thing, as you both kind of pointed out, that sometimes you'll have a question and it actually kind of will get answered Mm -hmm. in the text. Um, Which, again, points back to, like, this being the work of someone who is somewhat purposeful in their choices. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's really interesting to me, actually. Like, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like... Wow. Fascinating. My Immortal was good, actually. Well, <laughs> My Immortal was. <laughs> my Immortal was culturally important. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I also think, um, I don't know if we, did, did, did we say this yet? That at least from, from my perspective, and I imagine yours both as well, the hacker chapter was not actually written by someone who hacked into a document. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hey, maybe. <laughs> it seems pretty unlikely for, for several reasons. Um, I don't know. If somebody hacked into my drive and wrote an alternate chapter of something that I was posting and said, you suck, I would probably wouldn't come back the next chapter and go, haha, that's so funny that I got hacked. Anyway, I'm going to continue the story now. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely believe the hacker chapter was written by the same people who were writing the whole rest of it, mm-hmm. which again is like why it, it points to it being this like purposeful joke of a fic. Right. Um, and I feel like they're just trying to get us to realize that at the end to a certain yeah. extent, um, which is just kind of funny to me. Because it's, it's very like, okay, yes, I'm recognizing like Ebony is a Mary Sue, like this doesn't follow the canon at all, like XYZ, like this is a joke mm-hmm. and we know that it's a joke. But here's like one more chapter just in case you wanted like a more classic ending. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't subscribe to My Immortal for a well-written, normal chapter that takes things to their logical ends. No. So you're going to get this hacker chapter, but you'll get the real one too. <laughs> and the real one actually does kind of resolve some yes. points of the fic. Like it creates this final showdown. Like it brings back up like Ebony's role in this all. It brings back up some of the like subplots, some of which I'm not going to mention on here because one of them is very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it brings these back up and kind of lend some resolution to them, actually. <laughs> and just in a very hard to read and not very enjoyable way. <laughs> yes. 
So we know that My Immortal is obviously extremely important in itself. Um, as we were preparing for this episode, I was poking around on the internet just to see kind of what My Immortal had spawned. Uh, because as we know, in the world of transformative works, if something exists, there is always an opportunity to make another thing based off of it. Uh, so, I mean, first off, obviously there are a lot of articles online about My Immortal. There are many about various authors who came forward and said that it was me, this is my situation, this is when I wrote it, this is who I was, and why I did it, and all this stuff. Um, and articles interviewing people who had read the story when it was coming out. Articles interviewing professors who have taught this story in their fanfiction courses, which has definitely become a thing more in the last few years, I feel like. Um, but one thing that stood out to me that I had never heard of in my life, uh, which I found interesting because I feel like my immortal is so huge in fandom, regardless of, I don't know, I wasn't, we know this, I wasn't in Harry Potter fandom, but even if I was, I feel like there's a chance I wouldn't have seen it. There's a web series. It's 15 episodes. I only watched the first. Um, sorry to these people that made it. Maybe someday I'll come back for the other 14. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have people playing Ebony, Harry, Draco, Hermione, Ron. We also have Bellatrix and some Death Eaters just kind of randomly hanging out. Death Dealers, please. Yeah, sorry, Death Dealers. Um, and what I found really interesting reading about the web series and watching the first episode is that the web series is not a play-by-play -play of My Immortal. It follows some of the same plot points, but it's an original script, and it's basically just set within the universe with many of the same characters and in the style of My Immortal. So, like, Ebony, her look is great. She's got, like, the black hair and the blue streaks and the heavy makeup. Um, there's an exchange with Bellatrix where Bellatrix is like, oh, you like goth music? Like, how about these obscure groups? And Ebony's like, no. Um, MCR, Simple Plan, Good Charlotte. <laughs> um, Bellatrix is confused. I think that's okay. It's funny, though. It's like very self-referential and very jokey. It knows it's ridiculous, um, but higher budget than I was expecting. Not high budget, uh, but obviously some work went into this, which I found interesting. And there is also, um, I did briefly see someone had made an edit of a movie poster for it, um, which is fan fiction of fan fiction of fan fiction <laughs> of a book series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like My Immortal has had such a lasting, like, cultural legacy, like, which is why I feel like it counts as a fandom classic for us, even if it's kind of a silly one to talk about. Because I feel like usually, you know, we're here bringing fics that, like, we've read, we've loved, mm -hmm. like, come really highly recommended. I can't say these things for My Immortal necessarily, but, you know, we're also not a podcast to come on and just bash work. So mm -hmm. we wanted to treat this discussion seriously. Um, and I think part of that is just, like, the legacy of it in mm -hmm. so many ways. Um, well, the fact that you Google My Immortal, and the first thing you get is the song by Evanescence. Yeah. And the second thing you get is a link to the FF.net, like, <laughs> yeah. story that we yeah. read. Like, it's, it's lasted in the cultural consciousness mm -hmm. since 2006 in a very strong way. Mm -hmm. And, like... Many people who were in fandom sometime around there, not necessarily in 2006, but in the like, years afterwards, whether or not they were actively in Harry Potter fandom, if you were online, you'd probably heard of My Immortal. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to think of when I first heard of it, and I I don't even know. Me like, neither. it's just, it's the ever-present My Immortal. Yeah. We've always known. <laughs> We've always known. <laughs> yeah. Is this the first time we have brought a fic to the podcast and announced we were bringing it before any one of us had finished reading it? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we just wanted to discuss it regardless of 
what actually existed in it, right. <laughs> you know? And I think there were a lot of things that we did not enjoy about it. Like, the actual reading process of it is not very <laughs> fun. But, like, again, I think when you look at it through this lens of, like, being purposeful in these ways, like, again, I just come back to this point of, like, having to kind of respect what these people did. They really committed to this bit. And I think also, like, the anonymity of it, like, this question of who they were, that all contributes to just, like, how long it's lasted in, like, fandom consciousness. Another thing I find interesting about it is we don't bring a lot of fic to the podcast where the main character is an OC. <laughs> um, I would say virtually none, um, especially not an OC in the context of a universe where all of the other characters are well known in the fic. Um, but I was thinking about terminology and I guess I think most people would consider this to be a self-insert story. Um, I think at least, right, where the, where it's in, the author is inserting themselves as Ebony, or Enneby, or Epipy, uh, <laughs> and writing her as if, you know, the author is in this place and is making out with Drake all over the place and getting caught and yelled at, um, you know, and also going back in time to seduce Voldemort, all those things. But it had me thinking a lot about how different kinds of fic are described in the general lexicon of fandom right now. Like, self-insert, I can see being this. I also think some people consider that to be more like reader insert or like a YN fic. Uh, if you're not familiar, YN is short for your name. So when you read the story, you can imagine your name. Uh, I don't know that, is that, a, like, do people do that though? What, like? Because I feel like when you read, if, like, if your name like... is a character, but like, am I trying to make it like... If I, if I, like, Nicole... Draco went, said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I wonder if anyone, like, this is a sincere question. I'm not saying this, like, in jest. But, like, are there people who go through and, like, find replace YN, like, with their name and stuff? I feel like if you're gonna imagine yourself, that's the better way to do it. It seems so much harder to, yeah. like, replace your name in your head every time. Because I feel like the couple I've read, I just imagine YN as her own character. Uh -huh. But I don't really read those fics. Yeah. So, like, I'm not a good spokesperson on it. Right. That'd be the way to do it. I've also seen, like, sometimes it really makes me laugh because you have, like, Y slash N. You have, like, Y slash L slash N for your last name. You have Y slash BFF slash N for your best friend forever's name. Oh, okay. But you have Y slash E slash C, which is, like, your, your eye color. color. Yes, that's it's right. <laughs> it gets so funny. Y slash favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, so those always make me laugh. So I feel like that would make a find and replace harder, but maybe yeah. more rewarding. And mm, maybe, but I also like the style of my immortal where it's like references movies and it's like, if you haven't seen this, yet, yes. you're a prep and I hate you. Right. It's um, my, my name. My, my name. Favorite, my favorite movie. <laughs> well, I also, I don't know. I feel like with um, OCs that are like thinly veiled self inserts, mm -hmm. my, I feel like my understanding or my impression is that if people were writing it in earnest, they would try to, like, put a little bit of distance. Like, you're yeah. trying to pretend that the OC is not you directly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Versus in this one, when Willow shows up, there's author's note, Raven, this is you. <laughs> like, it's straight yes. up like, hi, I am, yeah, like, Ebony is my OC and is me. And, like, Willow and Raven is my friend. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's so shameless in it. Which also is, again, making me just think about two friends sitting in the back of a classroom, mm -hmm. passing a notebook, being like, okay, here's my character. And she's got the little black mini skirt and the ripped fishnets <laughs> and these high boots and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it also makes me think about how, like, if we're kind of running with our theory that 
this is like a purposeful joke, how much is yeah. Tara, Tara, who is Ebony, you know? Like, it, like Tara is her own persona in, mm-hmm. in this, and she becomes very embroiled in the meta of this. Mm-hmm. Tara and Raven are their own characters within My Immortal, you yeah. know? And But it's probably written by two people whose names are not Tara and Raven in reality, and we don't know what those people liked. We don't know what they did. So it's kind of more like Ebony is a like self-insert of Tara who was yes. already a creation <laughs> of the person actually writing this. Yeah. And I also think it would be really hilarious and I have no proof of this, but I think it would be very funny if the person who made up Tara had no actual interest in like dressing goth, mm-hmm. shopping at Hot Topic. I think she would have to like at least a little bit of the music to put in so many mm-hmm. references and to like write all the song lyrics in and stuff. I missed a lot of those but, references. Like, I don't know. I was listening to Good Charlotte and dressing in Abercrombie. So it's yeah. like, I think if I was writing this, I'd be like, you know, making fun of the clothes I saw at Hot Topic and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I was thinking about with some of it. Like Tara yeah. seems like her own persona that was created. Yeah. And then there was this like, I don't know, the layers and like meta of it are really fascinating to me yeah no I think you're right but I also think kind of going back to what you were saying Reed of like I feel like these days there is and also like on the platforms that we're generally looking at right and reading on there is an effort to create distance between an OC and like the author's own persona I don't know if that was true as much back then like I'm also thinking of this story as a product of the time and like Mm. it makes me think of the like fan art OCs of like me if I were in Homestuck. I don't know. Why am I using Homestuck <laughs> as an example? You could have just said Harry Potter. I should have, yeah. I, I don't know anything about Homestuck. Now I'm, now I'm at sea. Uh, I'm a, this is my troll. And it's me with horns? Uh, why don't we go I'm with the panicking. Harry Potter... Oh, okay. Harry Potter I don't know. I can't help right. you with Homestuck. Sorry, this is my Harry Potter OC. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the house that she's in. This is her eye color. Like, this is what she's really good at. This is her favorite class. And, like, it's very clearly me. But it's me in a way that is designed to make other people think that this version of me is very cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that is what this vibe is giving me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like the common self-insert situation was back then of like, wow, how cool would it be if the very coolest version of myself was in this story that I love? And if I'm posting it online, it, it might just be for me. It might just be for me and my friends, but it could also be for that validation of other people saying, oh my gosh, this version of you that is so cool is my favorite or like I'm getting invested in this now. I don't know. I just find that really interesting and it feels like something that is still definitely happening in fandom, but is not happening in as much in spaces that I have moved into as I've gotten older. This is making me think about like my, I had a friend in high school who didn't really engage a lot in fic and fandom until we both got very into Marvel together. But the only other thing that she like ficked was um, for One Direction, but not no Larry Stylinson, none of that. It was, like, Harry Styles' ex, like, female OC, who mm-hmm. is this, like, very cool popular girl who, like, he meets backstage or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels, like, much more sort of, like, in line with the types of things you were talking about, Nick, mm-hmm. um, in terms of, like, progression of fic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the truest legacies of My Immortal is the, like, you wake up and your mom has sold you to One Direction <laughs> type fics. Like, you know, we keep seeing this, like, throughout time. <laughs> Um, I think I think once you have a fandom big enough, you'll get fix that kind of exist in this vein. And whether or not they're done in jest, in earnestness, in a combination of both, as satire, it's hard to say sometimes. But honestly, I like I appreciate them being there. We went from like, I get out of my coffin and I put on my like ripped MCR shirt, blah blah yeah. blah, to 
I wake up and I throw my brown hair into yeah. a messy bun in yeah. the mirror and then I walk downstairs. Absolutely, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ficklets, thank you so much for joining us on this discussion of the fanfiction My Immortal. In many ways, it truly is immortal. It stayed with us thus far, and I foresee it staying with us for so much longer. Um, on that note, Nick had the idea to discuss our favorite immortals. Uh, Nick, would you like to explain slash go first? Yeah, I will definitely explain, and then maybe I'll go first. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, everyone is talking on the internet lately about this hot new craze, my Blorbo. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, keep going. Okay, so my Blurbo is like my little guy, but it doesn't have to be a guy. Okay, so <laughs> is that a good explanation? Yeah, yeah, the... Blurbo from my shows, right? Yeah, 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 Blurbo from my shows. It's like, like not the person Blurbo. that's like yours that like is associated that you associate with yourself and fandom, I guess, and that other people might associate with you. Mm. It's like. Not necessarily your fave, but kind of your fave. Yeah, he's, you're a little guy. I feel like he has a pretty good yeah, description. Yeah, fave adjacent. Uh, yes. So I thought, you know, similarly, we could talk about my immortal. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite immortal? Or the your, your little guy who's immortal mm-hmm. in fandom. Um, so I was thinking about Tintin. Uh, Is Tintin immortal? Yeah. So wow, what? on a meta level, <laughs> uh, as long as the comics are running and Tintin is a boy. Are they running? I don't know, actually. Oh, no. I think, I thought Tintin was, like, <gasps> Tintin not... is definitely still running. Brenna, don't do this to me. What? I have to look it up now. I'm so oh sorry. This feels please so hold. similar to when we talked about a Check Please fic and we weren't sure what happened to Biddy, and then we were like, did he die? So we had to check <laughs> mid-recording <laughs> if he died. No, he was fine, everyone. Yeah. Good news. Tintin is surely still running. No, I mean, like, Tintin was written by, like, a guy who's, like, dead. So... Well... <laughs> This might be a bad immortal. Do you want oh, to pick a different no, one? I might have to. Okay, pick a new, pick a new yeah, immortal. Like, I think the Tintins we have now are just the Tintins of old. Like, oh. the, like there's only this many Tintins. Let's, let's see this but one. But maybe in the last one he becomes immortal. <laughs> this one was published in 1986. Oh, Nick. no, I wasn't even it's born. It's not looking good. 1976. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Somebody else go. I have to mourn. <laughs> You have to mourn Tintin. Yeah. I mean, he's not dead. He's just not immortal. <laughs> um, yeah, when you first posed this to us, the first thing that came into my head was Charlie's Thrones character in The Old Guard. Um, I actually don't remember her name, but it doesn't really matter. She was very hot. She was very good with knives and swords. Um, and she is immortal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a really solid pick. Thank you. Um, I was trying to think of any immortal characters I knew, and then I thought, hey, what's the story with a lot of immortal characters? Hey, that one that we've talked about a bunch actually recently on FitClick, TGCF, um, Heaven Officials Blessings, as it's sometimes known. Um, so out of those characters, there are a bunch that are immortal, but my favorite would be Shilion. Jasper Cullen. Well, if that's your choice... <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of FitClick. We appreciate you. It's always fun to come back to our fandom classic series and go into one fic in a bit more depth. If you want more of us and this, but especially just us in general, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at FitClick, and you can find us 
uh, on Discord in the pinned tweet of our Twitter. Our Discord is a very nice community. It's very multi-fandom and people talk about fic and plants and animals and writing rocks and minerals <laughs> and rocks and minerals and also sometimes some very cursed things but like in a way that they seem to enjoy so we're happy for them <laughs> you can also reach us long form at fitclickpod at gmail.com if you would like to send an email with some notes or praises if you'd like to help make FitClick immortal um you can do that by spreading the good word of this pod um we're still pretty little and uh, word of mouth is definitely the best way that we grow so if you want to recommend an episode to a friend if you want to get together with a bunch of people and listen to an episode together retweet us um you can leave a review on apple podcasts or if you have a podcatcher that lets you leave reviews wherever that is um we really really appreciate it it really helps us out and we are seeking everlasting fame and so that would just really help us on our journey there if you're interested in repping FitClick in your everyday life, if you may be looking to move on from your gothic hot topic phase <laughs> uh, into something new, you could purchase some FitClick merch. It's available through our Redbubble storefront, um, which you can find again in our pinned tweet. So as we discussed prior, in towards the end of My Immortal, um, Tara needed to go on vacation. Your hosts also <laughs> do need to go on a little bit of a vacation. Um, we love this pod very much, but we are only three humans, and we get very tired sometimes. Uh, so we'll be taking a little bit of a break, but don't worry, unlike Tara, we will be coming back. Um, you can expect to see a new episode from us in May. Um, once we get a little bit closer, we'll announce a specific date on our socials. Ficklets. I'm not okay. I promise. Bye! (laughs) Ficklets, if you're gothic, you rock! XOXO! (laughs) Hey, Ficklets, what are you doing, motherfuckers? Bye! (laughs)